0: Have you ever been really anxious over something? Sometime in your life, have you ever kind of experienced that just anxiety? You don't even know where it's coming from. Or maybe you do know where it's coming from. I remember several years ago, I was going to go through this process of getting an IT certification. That sounds weird, information technology. I was in a career where I needed some computer tech uh, ability. And so I thought I would go for this certification, which was a big deal at the time. It was called the Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer. And to get that certification, it required me to pass eight, count them, eight adaptive tests before they would give me the certification as an MCSE. And I just remember how how anxious I was. I mean, days before I'd be studying and trying to be ready. and, And these tests were like $200 a test. So it was already, You know, taxing to study for, but if I failed one, then I had to take the test over again, which would be another couple hundred dollars. I did finally pass that, but I just remember how anxious I was on every one of those tests. And we know anxiety is a real deal, right? We deal with it all the time. Anxiety is, you know, it's with us. Sometimes it's it's bad. Sometimes it's not so bad. I mean, for instance, when the boss wants to call you in for a talk, your anxiety might start to creep in. Or maybe you're you're looking at how much money's in the bank and you're not sure you can cover the bills. You feel anxious about that. Or or you might feel anxious about a near-miss car accident. Or that weird sound in the middle of the night when it's pitch black and you're like, is someone in the house? Or even now, as we're all kind of feeling a little bit of level of, of anxiety just because of this coronavirus, this invisible kind of enemy that is causing all this disruption. I mean, we know that anxiety is, is a normal reality for us. And most of the time it helps us, right? In one sense, it helped me pass those tests because I had to prepare for those. But anxiety, you know, it helps us deal with deadlines. So that's a good thing. It can help us avoid danger. So, so that's a good thing. But for some, anxiety can get out of hand. And In fact, when you kind of look at the, the stats out there, the number one mental health problem in our country has to do with anxiety-related disorders. And depending on the numbers you read, some 40 million Americans or about 18% or or really like one in five Americans deal with some kind of anxiety disorder in the given year. In fact, in the last three years, when you look up the statistics on book retailers, you know, like Barnes & Noble and Amazon and places like that, there's been a 25% increase in books relating to anxiety. It's a big deal. And it reminds me of that study they did back, oh, well, maybe a decade ago where the American uh, Psychology Association released a study that kids today deal with the same level or more anxiety than psychiatric patients did in the 1950s. So it, this is a big deal. And, and today we're kicking off a, a series of that we're calling anxious for nothing. It comes from a book I read last year uh, by by a guy named Max Lucado. It was a very very good book, very timely. And our preaching team got together and we were trying to figure out, you know, this was last summer now, trying to figure out what are we gonna do? How are we gonna teach our church family throughout the year? And we thought this would be a great one. Little did we know that we would be in this situation right now where we're dealing with levels of anxiety that many of us have never felt before. So this new, new series, we're looking at ways for us to, to deal with our anxiety in healthy ways. We're looking to, to see how Jesus can speak to some of the levels of anxiety that we have. Our key verse for this series comes from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And it's a verse that I hope that you memorize. This will be a great one to memorize. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do that again. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So that's kind of our key verse for the next three weeks. We're going to be looking at anxiety, in the past, present, and the future, and really, again, how to how to harness our faith to deal with anxieties that come at us. But let me just say this: if you're someone that's dealing with more than normal anxiety, if you find that you're 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 almost handicapped by fear and and constant worry and anxiety, you may. You may want to reach out. In fact, I want to encourage you to reach out to a, a healthcare professional, reach out to, to a doctor that you can trust, to maybe look at treatment on, on some of those higher levels or almost abnormal levels of anxiety. So if that's you, please uh, hear my heart. I would love you to, to reach out and, and, uh, and see if there's someone that you can talk to about getting help for that. But, but for, for most of us, we're going to be dealing with different levels of anxiety. And today, as we kick off this series, our, our title of the message today is Attacking Anxiety. So, would you pause with me as we pray? Father, we come before you and we're thankful that you love us so much. And that, Lord, even through all the anxiety that we're feeling, Uh, specifically with this coronavirus, Lord, that we know that you have uh, plans for us, you have answers for us, and you have ways for us to deal with anxiety in a healthy way. So Lord, I pray that each one of us, all of us listening today, uh, would hear from you, hear from your word, and that we would be encouraged to deal with anxiety and to attack it. And uh, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. My name is Pastor Ben, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. If you're a regular with Dallas Church, we're, we're just honored to have you engage with us in this online format. If you're brand new, maybe you stumbled upon us by accident there in Facebook Live or one of our other platforms, we're excited that you're here too. And if you're kind of new to experiencing who Jesus is, Just want to thank you for tuning in today. I pray that you'll hear something that would steer your heart and that you'd want to take a next step of faith. And we'll talk about some of that as we wrap up the message today. So wherever you're at and whatever your situation is, we're glad that you are here with us today. Well, let's look at the scriptures. Two of Jesus's key uh, early church leaders wrote about anxiety. Uh, these, were, these were men who spent time with Jesus in an intimate level and they uh, walked with him for years and they uh, did ministry with him and just they knew the heart of Jesus. And these men, their names are Peter and Paul. And so we're gonna lean into both of those gentlemen today as they wrote parts of the New Testament. These, these were guys that understood anxiety. In fact, history tells us that both Peter and Paul likely lost their lives because of their faith in Jesus. They understood fear, they understood anxiety, isolation, all of that. And so they have some street cred, if you will, to speak in our lives today about this idea of anxiety. Let's start with with, with Peter. We already learned the key verse for this, and that's in that same passage. It's in 1 Peter, starting with verse or chapter five. We're gonna look at uh, verse six through 11. So let me just pause here for a second. If you have a Bible, or a device, I encourage you to find 1 Peter. It's in the New Testament part of the Bible, and uh, it's really important for you to kind of read that along with us. And find 1 Peter chapter 5, and I'll begin reading again in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty right hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Boy, we can almost stop right there, right? What a, what a passage about anxiety. Peter knew what he was talking about. You see, Satan, our adversary, the enemy, the deceiver, he doesn't like you. And he doesn't like me. And he he would like to use you and I as target practice. He'd like to, to sow seeds of destruction and addiction and loneliness and anxiety in us so that it it, it really kind of hampers us to be healthy people. Look, if you're a follower of Jesus today, you've got a target on your back. I hate to say it, but you do. We do. In fact, I heard one preacher say one time that the birthmark of a Christ follower is a bullseye. That when we begin to do the things uh, of God, we begin to feel opposition. And Satan is is out there. In fact, uh, Peter used this idea, this metaphor of the lion prowling around, trying to just to attack and hurt and destroy. You see, followers of Christ, we're we're always ready for those attacks. We have to live under that reality. In fact, that means the church itself is used to kind of living in that sort of battlefield. Satan's prowling around ready to pounce and devour. You know, in many ways, our sirens need to be be, be going off sometimes. When we feel attacked, our marriage feels attacked, our family feels attacked, our livelihoods being attacked. Those should be sirens to remind us that Satan is prowling around and trying to hurt. Now, not everything is directly tied to Satan, but we have to be aware that we are in a spiritual, we are in a spiritual war here. And we have to be uh, very cognizant of what's going on around us. And Peter wants to remind us of that, that we're in this battle. And Satan is wanting to attack and hurt and destroy. But look, it's not an ambush because we've been warned about it, right? We've been warned. And Peter's trying to warn us about this this danger out there that that the deceiver and Satan wants to hurt us. The lions are roaring. Well, what's the solution then? What is Peter telling us? Resist, he says stand firm. And, and did you you catch that? Place yourself under the mighty hand of God. You got to picture of this mighty hand of God that can do anything. And Peter's saying, place yourself under the mighty hand of God for two reasons. For protection, sure, and for provision. That he's going to provide for us. So we humbly put ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And then as Peter said, we practice Casting our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Can't you just imagine Peter as he's writing this in the first century, thinking about his former job as a fisherman and how he used to cast those nets out to catch fish. And now he's saying, practice always casting your anxieties on him because he cares for us. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You see, that requires us to say goodbye to pride. Not a, not a good pride, not the pride that we try to do a good job. No, I'm talking about pride that kind of pushes God out and puts us in the in the center, it pushes God off his throne and we get to be on the, front, on the throne. Look, that's not our throne. God is the only King and King and Lord of Lords. And, and so to, to, to place ourselves under the mighty hand of God means that we have to say goodbye to pride that pride does not have a place in, a, in the life of a Christ follower. You see, by casting our anxieties, we're saying we're giving uh, we're giving pride no stronghold in our lives anymore. See, pride is packaged with anxiety. It's almost like this evil twin or a twix bar, pride and anxiety together and that's not, that's not good. it never helps us. It just creates more and more anxiety. Fun fact. What is the letter? that shows up right in the middle of the word anxiety. Right, it's I, 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 I. When we think we're all that and we put ourselves on the throne and we try to try to show how great we are, we are putting ourselves in a place that we ought not to be. Pride has no place in the, in the life of a believer. Anxiety is so when we try to put ourselves in that prideful position. By the way, the middle letter for the word pride is also I. In other words, anxiety is the fruit and pride is the root. Anxiety is the fruit and pride is the root. So Peter would tell us, let go of pride, cast all your anxiety. You can't be casting your anxieties when you're living with pride. So that's why you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And there's a command here. He said, yeah, humble yourself. And the result is a lifting of the anxiety. That anxiety is lifted when we say goodbye to our pride. Look, Satan's on the prowl. He is looking for who he's going to devour, but he's on a leash. He's not all powerful. He can't be everywhere at once. And so we can stand firm and resist And we do that by letting go of our pride, humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Well, Let's hear from Paul now. I mentioned him earlier. Let's go go to Paul now, another key early leader. And he wrote in Philippians. That's a little letter in the New Testament. So take some time now. It's okay, pause, we'll wait for you. Find Philippians. And we're gonna be in, in, in Philippians chapter four. And if you've never read this part of scripture, this is amazing. If you're brand new to the Bible, this, boy, this is, this is worth memorizing. Just like 1 Peter 5, 7. Have you memorized it yet? Cast all your anxiety, anxieties on him because he cares for you. But let's look at Philippians 4. We're going to start with verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, Think about those things. Dwell on those things. Isn't that passage amazing? There's so much there. See, Paul wrote that during Roman imprisonment. I'm sure that wasn't fun. I'm sure that had some anxious days where he was awaiting trial. And maybe he wasn't sure if he was going to even live past this time. But he was in in prison. and, And even there, he tells us to rejoice always. Even in the midst of his circumstances, even in the midst of your circumstances, my circumstances, even right now in the world's circumstances, Paul has the audacity to dis- audacity to say rejoice in all things. Rejoice always. And he gives us a prescription. And he tells us to put up our defense, refusing to drop our guard against anxiety. Did you catch what he said? Did you see them? Prayer and praise. That's how we keep up our guard. It's like Boxing 101. You're going to take boxing lessons. They're going to tell you you got to protect those important places, protect your head. So we got to keep up our defenses. So so, so Paul there is saying, look, rejoice always, but don't drop your guard. Prayer and praise with thanksgiving. Look, Peter and Paul, if they were here in the room with us today or here online, they'd want us to hear those things. They would want us to understand that by faith, we can actually attack anxiety. And, 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 and we, can, we can resist and stand firm against all the fear and all that Satan wants to throw at us to, to hurt us and destroy us. By, again, what did Peter say? Humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God for provision and for, for protection. And then what is what does Paul add there? We just we just read it to refuse to drop our guard by prayer and by praise. Back to that book that I told you about earlier that I read last year, Anxious for nothing by Max Lucado. I love what he says in there. He gives us a little calm acronym. I like the word calm, right? Whenever you hear that, calm down, right? You see that sometimes. Calm down. But, but Max gives us an idea of how to use that word in an acronym to kind of remind us of some important things. First of all, the C stands for celebrate God's goodness. Celebrate all that, that God has done. And then A is ask him for help. If you're in a moment of anxiety right now, even right now, stop, stop this recording and actually pray, God, help me with this anxiety. I'm so, I'm so frustrated right now. So ask him, that's, that's A. L is leave your concerns with him. In other words, cast those cares and let him take care of those. So leave your concerns with him. And finally, M is to meditate on all that is good. Kind of like Paul tells us, you know, to, to, to think about whatever is true and noble and pure. So the CALM acronym, let, let's go through that one more time. Celebrate the goodness of God. Ask him for help. Leave your cares and anxieties on him and then meditate. Meditate on what is good. It's good advice. By faith, we can attack anxiety. Anxiety doesn't have to destroy us. It can actually teach us. It can draw us closer to the Lord. In Christ, we can master it. I'm telling you, in Christ, we can master it, and we can tell a new story, a brand new story. As Paul wrote, when we feel when we feel the attack, right, of fear and anxiety, we respond with prayer and praise. And it frees us up to think about those things that are good in life, what's pure and noble, right? We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and we keep up our defenses of prayer and praise with thanksgiving. That allows us to rejoice always and keep our minds in that healthy space. I love what Paul wrote later in one of his letters to the Roman church. In Romans 8, 28, he said this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Look, sometimes life isn't super fun. Right now, there's a lot of stuff that I I know that we all wish we could get back to. Our regular church gatherings, meeting together, a hug, you know, being able to to be in in, in big places, go catch some concerts. I love concerts. But right now, we're having to realize life doesn't always work the way we want. And we've heard the phrase, when life gives you lemons, you do what? Right. You, You make lemonade. You don't have to suck on those lemons, right? We don't have to dwell there. I want to pray here in a minute. But if you're brand new to this and you you maybe were encouraged today that, that this faith in Jesus sounds like something for you, that I encourage you to take a next step of faith. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know in the chat window or other ways you can reach to us, like our website, dallaschurch.org. We'd love to hear from you. Pray with you. If you have a decision to make, We would love to hear about that. I mean, deciding to follow Jesus and to be part of that family of faith is fairly simple, but it's profound. We we do that by believing. And Jesus as the Lord and Savior, believing he's, he's the King of kings and Lord of lords, and He died for your sins. And you can repent of those sins. You've been going your way. It's not been working right. You want to turn and follow the way of Jesus. That's what we call repentance. And then we confess before our family, before the world, that He is Lord, and we want to take Him as our Lord and Savior. Then we're baptized. And that's a crazy word. All that means in Christian baptism is that you're buried in the water. Buried to the old way of life and and brought out of the water, risen to new life in Christ. And then we begin following the way of Jesus as a Christ follower. If that's your decision today, we'd love to hear about that. Let's pray now together. Our Father and our God in heaven, you're so powerful and mighty. Thank you that you care about the things that are causing us anxieties these days. Lord, we're so thankful that you you tell us eh, through your word, we can cast our cares and our anxieties on you because you care for us. Lord, that is good news. Lord, I pray for everyone listening today, even myself, that we would remember every day to humble ourselves under your mighty hand for your protection and provision, and that we would not drop our guard, not let Satan have a a foothold in our life, because we keep up our, our, our prayer and our praise, keep up that defense with thanksgiving. And then we can rejoice in all those things that are good. Father, help us to have that mindset and perspective today. And we pray, Father, for you to do immeasurably more than any of us could ask or imagine according to your power. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.